Hello and welcome to Tea is Good, Books Are Better, the podcast where we drink tea and talk about books. I'm Raven. I'm Jessica. Did you get that? (laughs) Yes. we drinking today i have red rose tea okay i am going to add shepherd's purse to it for my period shepherd's purse yeah it's a kind of herb that uh, reduces blood flow and a little bit of cramps oh it seems to have worked till the last time i used it huh Gotta so use it again. Yeah, send me what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I shall. Thank you. Speaking of pain, <laughs> I yes, I was like cleaning the rat's cage on the weekend on Sunday, and oh. I was like bending over to pick up some stuff. And I felt that same pain start to, like, flow through my lower back. Basically the same pain that fucked me up a few years ago. Oh, yeah. But this time I, like, straightened up right away and thankfully prevented it from getting really bad. But I still started to, like, ache and ache and ache and it started to hurt to, like, twist or sit up or basically move at all god so i laid down for a while and and i was getting like really worried that it was going to be as bad as last time although yeah like the initial the initiating incident was definitely not as bad like the first time it happened to me i bent over to pick up a hairbrush that i had dropped on the floor and I felt this pain, like, explode in my lower back, and I felt it shoot down my left leg, also. Uh, like, the back of my left leg. And I later found out there there is a, uh, a nerve that goes from your spine, like, the lower back of your spine area, and then down both of your legs. So, whatever it was that I hurt that one time was that nerve i guess yeah it's the sciatic nerve yeah so it travels along travels from the lower back through the hips and buttocks and down each leg but this time like i didn't feel it shoot down my leg so it wasn't as bad you saved yourself before it got too bad yeah i i I can recognize the pain pretty quickly now (laughs) but anyway I was getting pretty worried that it was gonna like be really bad and I was gonna be off work again for a long time because it was like oh my god it was slowly getting worse I could like barely sit up Mm -hmm. and then I remembered that Jake has a tens machine do you know what that is Uh, no so a tens machine uh tens stands for transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation. Sounds fancy. I don't remember why he has it. (laughs) 
I think it was like a gift from his parents when he was also having some sort of pain. But anyway, it's like these little nodes that you stick onto yourself that send little electrical currents into your muscles. Yeah. And this is basically exactly what they were doing to me when I was in physio after my car accident. Dang. Yeah, they stuck these, like, nodes onto my back and basically just mm. electrocuted me for 40 minutes. <laughs> so I remember Jake has this machine, so he went and grabbed it for me and stuck it to my lower back, and so I electrocuted mm. myself for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> and when I took yeah. it off, I felt fine. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I am so grateful he has that machine. Holy shit. <laughs> Was meant to happen. <laughs> yeah. But that also reminded me that the last time I fucked up my back, which was when I fucked it up for like two weeks or something and had to take a week off work. Yikes. My doctor had told me that I needed to go to physio or start doing like regular stretching and yoga because she said it's not a matter of if it's going to come back it's a matter of when <laughs> oh no so i was like i just remembered this <laughs> and i was like oh fuck <laughs> i should have been doing yoga <laughs> oh, yeah i gotta keep up with my stretching mm. yoga's How tough how fucking scary is that, though, bro? Fuck. That is terrifying, because back pain is crippling. Yeah. Or, like, nerve damage. That is fucked up. <sighs> it's not fair. Like, the simplest, the smallest car accident can change your life. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway... <laughs> I'm drinking kombucha. Oh, tea! <laughs> wow! Good job. Thank <laughs> Finally. you. Thanks. It is actually... like I'm looking at the ingredients right now. Not that I'd never believed you when you said it was tea, but there is actually black tea and green tea in this drink. Yeah, yeah. And with bacteria. Yeah, bacterial culture and yeast. Can I ask you a question that's, like, kind of personal, but is also general? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you don't have to get personal if you don't want to. But uh, apparently yeast infections for people with vaginas are pretty common. But I don't know if I've ever experienced one, and I wonder if that's normal. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't know how to recognize it. Either. I feel so bad for people who get it on the regular. Okay. So. Um, I hear any pH imbalance can do the job downstairs. That's all I hear. Maybe some people have it more than others just due to, what do you call it, when it like runs on your family. Genetics? Yeah, maybe just through genetics. Like Some, some people are more successful acceptable mm. to it than others but right. I, I think any ph imbalance i think can cause a yeast infection or 
the bacterial infection. But I think the smell is what will tell you. Oh, uh, sure. Okay. And your your discharge looks like cottage cheese. Oh, no. If you have a yeast infection. Oh, um, no. The bacteria infection, though, is you have to rely on the smell to tell you. Oh, sure. A bacterial infection? But I forget what it's called, but... A UTI? I think it should be obvious. No, the one that's in your vagina. Wait, there's UTI yeast infections and rough. bacterial infections? Yeah, you can get a bacterial infection up there. Oh, I didn't know they were Again, different. Yeah, because a yeast is fungus. Oh, God. <gasps> yeah, that sounds hideous. <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh, my God. I'm, like, terrified of getting either of those. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I'm reading... What is the main cause of a yeast infection? This is from YaleMedicine.org. They range from changes in the physical environment, like sitting for too long in a wet bathing suit, to changes in life circumstances, like severe stress or lack of sleep. Nah, ain't that simple. Um, it looks like they're also more common during pregnancy. Oh no. Um, let's see. Ah, what the fuck? Okay, factors that can lead to a yeast infection. Antibiotics, because they too much of those, yeah. They decrease the levels of healthy bacteria in the body. Um, uncontrolled diabetes, uh, potential irritants such as douching washes, spermicide, soaps, powders, or deodorants. Mm. Oh, okay. I heard um, too much semen could also change the pH balance because semen has a low or a high pH. Which one is more acidic, low or high? I think low. Oh, I was going to say high. Did you take chemistry? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no. So I think basically I semen is very basic and the vagina is very acidic. And so they uh, clash and it can change if um, there's too much. Okay. Too much semen can cause a change. Tight fitting clothing. If it's modern, then I think it's fine. So too much sweat. Yeah. No fresh air down there. And synthetic materials, such as bathing suits and sportswear. A weakened immune system. I feel like that's kind of what you were getting at with the genetic thing. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Pregnancy, hormonal imbalance near the time of the menstrual cycle. Mm. Huh. <laughs> so it's like rolling dice. <laughs> sounds yeah. like. Fuck, man. Being a woman is ass. And being anyone with it's... a vagina is ass. <laughs> like, really look after yourself. Just to stay healthy. Yeah. God damn. How did they manage before, like, modern medicine? You know what I mean? <laughs> right? I have no idea. Anyway, hopefully that conversation was interesting. <laughs> Veering off topic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why are we here? We're here to discuss a feast the for book? crows. Because yes, we finished that. Yep. We sure did. The last chapter was the last episode. The writer's afterword now is what we're reading. Hmm. Is that what you call right. it? I don't know. Because it's, it's a foreword when it's at the front that. of the book, right? <laughs> oh. 
probably is an after. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guess. Where is it? All right. It's before the appendix, right? Yeah, it is. Tell us. What's Meanwhile, the back on the wall. Dot dot dot. <laughs> so I didn't. I I forgot about it. So you want me to summarize it or read it? Because it's like a page. It is actually so short. So. Hey, wait a minute. Some of you might be saying right now, wait a minute. But wait, where's Danny and the dragons? Where's Tyrion? <laughs> we hardly saw Jon Snow. This can't be all of it. <laughs> I like your well, uh, retelling here. <laughs> <laughs> there is more to come. Another book as big as this one. I did not forget to write about the other characters. Oh no. Far from it. I wrote lots about them. Pages and pages and pages. Chapters and more chapters. I was still writing when it dawned on me that the book had become too big to publish in a single volume. And I wasn't close to finished yet. To tell all of the story that I wanted to tell, I was going to have to cut the book in two. Oh, the simplest boy. way to do that <laughs> yeah, would have been to take what I had, chop one in half around the middle, and end with to be continued. The more I thought about that, however, the more I felt that the readers would be better served by a book that told all the story for half of the characters rather than half the story for all of the characters. So that's the route I chose to take. Tyrion, Jon, Danny, Stannis, and Melisandre, Davos, Seaworth, and all the rest of the characters you love or love to hate will be along next year, I devoutly hope, in the Dance of Dragons, which will focus on events along the wall, across the sea, just as the present book focused on King's Landing. George R. R. Martin, George, George R. R. Martin, June 2005. Oh, it's 14. Holy fuck. Is that when this was published? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dang. Okay, so... Now we know. He basically wrote so much that he was like, I gotta... This is too Chill. much for one book. <laughs> <laughs> Got too excited. I will agree. Called the descriptor. That I think <laughs> we'll get to that. I will agree that I think he was right that focusing on half the characters was probably the right call based on how much he had written yeah. versus cramming in all of the characters and only telling half of their stories. Mm -hmm. However, <laughs> as you said, I feel like there was a lot of fat in this book and mm -hmm. here's kind of where we're getting into our overall thoughts on a feast for crows now that we've read the whole thing i'm basically just gonna be repeating a bunch of stuff that i've already said throughout uh throughout reading this series so is there maybe i'll let you hmm. go first is there anything you want to say about your overall thoughts for all i think i enjoyed the book i go like i got what I wanted from the characters that I enjoy. Though mm -hmm. so, there was a lot of filling in there. It didn't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. I agree. I think this book, A Feast for Crows, was the weakest so far of 
the Song Ooh. of Ice and Fire series. Um, which saddens me to, to say that. But mm. it is my humble opinion. Um, a lot of people love this book, though. Which... Maybe they like the characters, and like they can, they're able to ignore <laughs> all of the descriptors. They can't see anyone really liking this. Yeah, but I'm still hung up about the descriptions of Brienne's footprints in the mud. <laughs> like, like I really, I really did not need it. <laughs> it's literally just like a paragraph describing how her feet were like squelching in the mud. And it's like, yep. are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> we need, like, maybe half of a sentence to tell us that her boots were squelching in the mud. That's all you need. Exactly. And maybe I'm exaggerating like, a little bit by saying it was a paragraph, but it was too much. I feel like it was that long. I it was, was too. It was more than, like, two sentences, which is too, too much. <laughs> <laughs> like I get it that the characters' storylines were pretty good, and uh, the development of some of the characters, like say Jamie, was kind of awesome to watch mm-hmm. or read. Mm-hmm. So I understand that part. That like the story overall was was pretty good. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. It was a, it's a valid reason to like it. That it did actually tell that they're complete stories and they did come to like satisfying conclusions in the end but i do felt like feel like it was a lot of wasted text <laughs> like just the fact that it took sam so long to get to old town and uh, there's just so much traveling especially near the front half of the book and everyone was just traveling like the worst. Brienne was going from A to B. Sam was going from A to B. Jamie was going from A to B. Like, the only person who was not traveling was Cersei. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> like, I'm sure Elaine was even traveling a little. Was that the last? Get the books mixed up. Um, was she Elaine, traveling or was she writing? Was she in Sansa? Yeah. Uh... She did some traveling near the end when they were descending the Eerie, but mm. I, I don't really think that was that was okay. too criminal, if you ask me. No, it wasn't <laughs> that bad, no. Um, but, like, Arianne, even, I think, was doing some traveling. Um, oh, yeah. But she only had, like, a few short chapters, so, again, I don't really blame those ones too much. But I remember Brienne's chapters were, like, over and over and over every chapter she had it was just like traveling 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 <sighs> which i get it she's literally traveling but <laughs> the it just it was a lot and i feel like if it gets to the point where you're describing traveling over and over and over again you just gotta cut to the next area because it's no longer providing anything interesting or of value yeah. to the story yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, Those Brienne chapters. Those were rough at the start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I ended up being glad I didn't get her. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) But, I, I, again, I've said this before, but I feel like the first three books, George had 
the entire arc, and again, this is entirely speculation, but I feel like he had the whole arc of the first three books formed in his mind before he even started writing. That make a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like he had the basic flow and basic direction of the whole Rob arc, let's call it, because it sort of ends with Rob. Yeah. Um, okay. And I feel like that's what made it so strong, because he knew where he was going, mm. and his mission was basically just to get there. And it feels like in this one that he's floundering a little more. He's letting the characters run free, which can sometimes be valuable. <laughs> but at the same time, he it feels like he hasn't reined them in very much. Yeah. Rambling. Yeah. So perhaps if he had trimmed all the fat from these characters, trimmed the fat from the characters that weren't in this book, he could have put them all into one book. I don't know, but mm -hmm. perhaps if he had trimmed all the fat. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I thought it was exciting when the story, <laughs> when it was the when the, when the when what? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, like I remember a lot of. Uh, Sorry, you cut oh out for a minute. name. I remembered a lot of. Um, oh my god, her name. <laughs> Who? Who's the wraith? <laughs> Catelyn's Wraith. Oh, Lady Stoneheart? Stoneheart. <laughs> I was like really excited whenever I heard mentions of her mm. or Nymeria. I really enjoyed watching Cersei get her due. <laughs> or Jamie lose his love for her. Mm -hmm. I love that shit. Arya's chapters. Meh. They weren't as exciting for me. Honestly, I'm like. Wait, Arya was in this book? <laughs> That's how, like, little her chapters impacted me. Mm -hmm. What did she do? She went to the house of the faceless men and, like, wandered around and sold some oysters, clams, and cockles? <laughs> right? She's not really... She's not really doing anything. Other than observing people. Yeah. And cleaning up the temple a little bit. Or cleaning up dead people. Yeah. And look, I have a lot of respect for George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> for what he has accomplished with his world building and his characters and his Bob? storytelling. And I am not a better writer than George R.R. R. Martin and in no way am I trying to claim that I am. <laughs> But all the stuff I said already. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to make that point clear. I guess my point in saying that is that as a writer, I do sort of figure out like certain arcs for stories. And then that makes it so much easier to write. Um, as soon as I have like an arc figured out, as soon as I know where something is going. So... That's what the first three books felt like to me. And again, in this one, it feels like maybe he didn't quite figure out where it was going until he was, like, partway through. Yeah. And I will and say- that's when the book came so big. Right. <laughs> and I will say that it did- the arcs did complete 
in this book, I feel like, uh, at least for characters like Cersei and Jaime, I feel like they probably had the most important arcs. Um, I like theirs the best. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I could name the others. <laughs> well, I guess Brienne and Arianne are the only other two that I can think of that I enjoyed. Right. I feel like uh, a a Asha's stuff. That was that was interesting to get a glimpse. Yeah. Um, I think, um, did we get an Asha chapter? Yeah. Was it Asha? We got... Oh yeah, there it is. We got at least oh, one Asha. Away. And then we had Victarion. like Victarion and then... Was there something else over there too? Thinking that Aaron, the drowned man. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so we had three of them. But they were near the beginning, I think, because I did not call it too much. Yeah. But also at the same time, it could have been super interesting to like not know what was going on over there and kind of observe from someone like Sam's perspective, like, wait, why are the Ironborn freaking out? Why are they all over the place? Why are they attacking Old Town? Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know if that would have been better, just to Yeah. Just thinking out loud. That would have been interesting and theorize over then to have them in Dance Dragons where we would actually see what was going on. Right. I noticed when I was googling around for essays that I see a lot of word that Lord Beric died in this book or that we find out he's dead and I don't remember reading that. It was um it was pretty recently. Like, he died to bring back Catelyn? Yeah. Oh, we, I did not understand that when I read that. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. But basically in Brienne's last chapter, I think, mm -hmm. we learned that, um, yeah, she's like asking the Red Priest guy if like Dondarrion is there, something like that. And he's like, no, he's gone. And oh. I, I don't remember how he said it exactly. He didn't say, like, Dondarrion yeah. is dead, I don't think. Maybe he did. But yeah. I feel like Maybe that would have stood I out. I don't think he said that because I would have understood that. But I thought mm -hmm. when he said gone, like, I didn't, I don't think I understood what he meant by gone. Right. Okay. So, I wonder. I don't know if that was the, the red exact word so he often. used. But yeah. It was something like that. He was like, he's gone uh, now. Like, he... He found Got what he wanted. Catelyn's body by the lake and explained something. <laughs> but yeah, you've been seeing that around and you didn't maybe, know what I was talking about. Maybe I did understand. Maybe I did understand at a time, but I forgot. Uh, I think I asked mm. if that meant that Dondarrion was dead. And you, I feel like I remember you saying that you weren't sure if he was dead or if he was just like... yeah just like a shell now yeah okay not sure if you remember okay that's, that's that probably my initial theory was that he was a shell yeah okay so i guess he got what he wanted dead uh he got what he wanted what do you mean i feel like he wasn't happy being brought back over and over but i guess that means his purpose was to bring back lady stoneheart because he had a purpose that's why he was being kept being brought back I'm just realizing this all now. <laughs> well, oh. what? Why would that be his purpose? Uh, because he 
the only reason he was brought back by the Lord of Light was because he had a price, right? Like, there yeah. was a reason why they can't bring him back. And to bring back Lady Catelyn, I'm guessing that the Red Priest couldn't bring him back after that. And, like, he had served his purpose. That makes sense. Okay. Because I was like, maybe he did bring her back thinking that was his purpose, but maybe it wasn't actually his purpose. But if it wasn't his purpose, then the Red Priest would have been able to bring him back. Yeah. Okay, so I'm guessing that the Lord of Light needed Lady Catelyn as a player? Or Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Okay. Maybe to something with the phrase, because that's basically her mission, is just to destroy all phrase. <laughs> Lannisters, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Huh. <laughs> interesting, interesting. That's also different from the, mov- the movie, the show. Well, there was no Lady Where Stoneheart at all purpose. in the show. Yeah, they made his purpose to help John north of the wall, their little squad. <laughs> right. Hmm. Okay. Some interesting choices they made for the show. So I took a look at a website that had some a good essay. Okay. What is it called? Booknalysis.com. Oh. So the themes of this book: power, revenge, politics, duty and honor, and religion. And I can get into them. Let's do it. I. <clears throat> so the theme of power. So like, many of the characters are struggling to gain more power. Like, and the iron, iron from the Iron Islands, Bravos, mm-hmm. and it's like usually a lesser power that's driving, driving the story, leading to new events. Like in the Iron Islands, the death of Balon sparks the power struggle between. Euron, Victorian, and Asha Mm -hmm. in King's Landing. Tywin's death leads to Cersei becoming more power-hungry and unstable. Oh, yeah. Leading to (laughs) (laughs) self-sabotage. In Bravos, Arya chooses to become a servant at the House of Black and White to learn the power of the Faceless Men. Right. The theme of revenge. Cersei vows revenge against Tyrion for the death of their father. And as a result, Many dwarves are murdered in her quest. Mm-hmm. Arya's main driving factor is her list of names. People she's about revenge against. And there is uh, the scene where she meets, I think it's Darion of the Night's Watch. Right. And kills him. Just because Showing like... that. <laughs> he didn't even do anything. I mean, he abandoned his... I think, yeah, like he... He wanted to leave or abandon his post. Yeah. And she's like, well, fuck you, I'll kill you. <laughs> I kill you! I think she's just, she's just like lust for murder, I feel like. It's almost like she's um, looking for any reason to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you offended by this dumb fuck? <laughs> he just wants to say, sleep around all day. I feel like I understood at, Get the, fat. at the time when I read it, but. Probably. <laughs> Looking back now, yeah, it's hard to... It's a little bit, like, a little bit nuts. It is a little... It's a little uh, overboard. <laughs> um, yeah, and she showed her faceless uh, mentors that she's not letting go of her past self by doing this. 
the sand snakes and what's her face? Ariane. <laughs> the princess. Yeah. Vow revenge for Oberyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Doran confesses to his daughter at the end that he wants vengeance for his brother and sister's death at the hands of the Lannisters. Right. And then La- Lady Stoneheart is basically revenge incarnate. Hell yeah, she is the epitome <laughs> of revenge. She is yeah. revenge in human form. Poor sure. Poor zombie. Then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The theme of politics. In King's Landing, Cersei tries to use politics uh, to have Marjorie killed, but her lack of awareness and her lack of intelligence Ooh. has her scheme biting her in the ass yeah. when she grants power to the Faith Militant, who then arrests her. <laughs> She's a massive hypocrite. She doesn't realize other people see that. She doesn't even realize she's a hypocrite. Oh no, she still thinks she's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, she's perfect. Yep. In every way. Every possible In the Iron Islands, <laughs> Euron uses politics to successfully sway the crowd in his favor with boasts and promises to seduce and use the Dragon Queen to conquer Westeros. Mm-hmm. At the Vale. Elaine is learning how to play political games under Littlefinger's guidance. Mm-hmm. Which I think is rad. Even though <laughs> Littlefinger's slimy as fuck. He's awesome at what he does. And Elaine learning, or Sansa learning under him. I think it's pretty sick. Should lead to some interesting stuff, that's for sure. Yeah. I remembered how she... I guess this is a spoiler, so... Skip ahead by 30 seconds if you don't want any spoilers for the show. I remember how uh, she um, ends up kind of tricking Peter back in the show. Yeah. And then uh, that was such a boss move. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember when she and like Arya were pretending to like hate mm-hmm. each other? Playing together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tricking him. That was dope. I love that. For a bit there, like, oh, it's worried. It's like, oh, no. They yeah. get, get turned against each other, but they played him. Played him real good. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, in the Riverlands, Jamie uses political leveraging to gain control of Riverrun. Uh, and we watch as Jamie's ideologies on life change, and he starts Path of Redemption. Mm-hmm. Instead of using violence, he can use his big boy words. And he's actually, <laughs> yeah, he's been forced to do that, and it's kind of been working for him. Yeah, he's good at it. Or he's getting there. He actually, like, got, he used his brain meats, and he got uh, Edmure <laughs> to, like, give up the River Run Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a great move. I thought it was really clever, the way he did that. But like it didn't go perfectly because the blackfish got away. But still, I thought it was—I thought it was clever. Yeah, they got the castle, and that's what his uh, job was. Mm-hmm. He succeeded, indeed. Hmm. By threatening um, to catapult and Dorn. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Insanity. <laughs> uh, in Dorn. Ariane uses politics to try to set Restoros into chaos by making. Marcella, the queen, until her plans are thwarted by her father. Mm-hmm. 
themes of duty and honor. <laughs> so Jamie is a man who is becoming. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> Jamie is a man who is becoming honorable. Uh, he tries to make amends for the horrible things he's done. Um, he gets sent to the Riverlands to restore peace and begins changing for the better. Um, Jimmy becomes more st strategic and honorable mm -hmm. in his dealings and starts keeping to his word. Mm -hmm. Brienne upholds her promise to Catelyn to keep searching for the Stark girls, and she still maintains her honor even when faced with death. Do you think... Just real quick, oh. that Jamie feels like he needs to hold his word to Catelyn Stark more because she's dead. I'm not sure, sure. why. I'm, I'm not sure why I'm getting that feeling, but he might be. But like, also, he has he was deeply inspired by Brienne. That's in true. Some sense. I, Brienne was a huge part of it, for sure. There's no denying that. Mm. But I think I also wonder... I think in my mind, I'm comparing it to, like, when you insult someone to their face versus insulting them behind their back. Ah. Uh, so... It might... Like, insulting them maybe to their he'd... face is sort of more acceptable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a chance he also might feel a little bit guilty for the erasure of this entire family and knowing that right. there's at least two of them still left the two girls who are definitely innocent maybe you feel some like obligation to at least get them safe like the whole house doesn't have to go that makes sense that he would feel like a little more responsible because it was uh, his father who did that mm-hmm religion and king's landing cersei's incompetence <laughs> makes her restore the faith militant which then leads to her downfall as she gets arrested for her fornication you can't no, trust religion man mm -mm. and then in bravos Arya learns about the many-faced god and the temple becomes a messenger of said god mm. That's also religion that I forget about. <laughs> Did we discuss whether hmm. the many-faced god is just the stranger? Yeah, I wonder if it's basically the seven, but stranger forefront, maybe. Maybe they believe that the seven are basically the stranger. Huh? But I definitely do think it's the stranger. Okay, because they do kind of feel As like... They kind of coincide, or they kind of mirror each other. And I remember depictions of the stranger, um, his face being covered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just mm. like a blank face or something. Yeah. Faceless! Ha! <laughs> 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 Got him! <laughs> yeah, those are the themes. I have key moments, and there's 30 of them. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> yeah, let's do like a a rapid fire and like we'll spit out our our thoughts. Wait, let me let me let me let me try and guess some. Whoa. <laughs> let me try and guess some. Let me let me let me. Let me let me let me let me. Okay. Um so who's your first one about? Pate. Pate? Oh. Yeah. 
Okay, well, his first moment when he gets killed by the faceless man. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Definitely an important moment because it comes back in the end. Yeah. Which was pretty exciting. I like that. Yeah. I Full can... circle. I knew he had he had to bring it back at some point. Um, yeah, the rest was so random. Because <laughs> we are not in Old Town at all for the rest of the book until the end. <laughs> mm hmm Okay, what's the next one about? Aaron, great joy. The drowned man. A was his name Aaron? Aaron. How is that spelled? A-E-R-O-N. A-E-R-O-N. Oh. Okay. Woo. Um... I honestly don't remember much about him. I think that I just remember him bailing when he learns about Euron getting the throne or something. Taken off. Yeah. This is before then, though. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. What is it? So, this one, he gets word of Balon's death and he meets with uh, Gorold, good brother, and decides to support his brother, Victorian, over Euron. Okay. Number three. Who's it about? Mm -hmm. Um, the Sand Snakes meet Prince Doran Martell and ask for revenge for their father's death. Mm -hmm. In King's Landing, Cersei learns of her father's death and her brother's escape. She asks Jamie to take over as Hand the King, but he refuses. Don't want that shit. Is that when he gets back there, or is that when he's still away? Uh, that's. It must be when he gets back. Wait, she asks Jamie to be Hand of the King? Yeah. Oh. Thought she asked Because I think Kevin thinks. I think she asked Kevin after Jamie. Jamie is her number one most trusted person. Right. That makes sense. Hmm. Um number five. On the way to Duskendale, Brienne meets two hedge knights. Who accuse her of Brunley's death. She denies. And later meets a man named Sh Shag. Is it? Shag? No, Shadrick? Someone who tells her he's also looking for Salsa. <laughs> salsa. Yeah. Okay. Castle Black. Sam tries to gather more info on the others. John sends him to the Citadel of Gilly and Maester Eamon and the Wildling baby. Not Gilly's baby. The other one. They don't know that yet, right? No. <laughs> but I do. Yeah. Um... Our, uh, reaches Bravos. She goes to a temple where she meets a man who tries to dissuade her from staying, but she sees through his illusion and decides to stay. I remember and she learn. goes to eat the worm in his eye, which was pretty fucking hard, dude. That, that was hardcore. And, and <laughs> like, what? She, she's like 10. <laughs> a little badass. And this is a child. <laughs> She's like, I don't I like care if you got a fucking gross eye. I will eat that shit. <laughs> you don't scare me. <laughs> uh, at Tywin's funeral, Cersei shuts down Mace Tyrell, who suggests the next hand the king. Her uncle Kevin scolds her for her actions, and she tags him as a traitor. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Cersei sucks, bro. She's a psychotic. I mean, uh, she rules, but she sucks. Fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> as a character, I love her, but she sucks. Jamie stands for the vigil of his father's funeral. He later advises Cersei to talk to Mace Ty 
Tyrell and agree to wed Tommen to Marjorie. Right. That Ten. was. Wait, 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 wait. Was that Jamie's idea or was that already suggested? And Jamie was like, yeah, I you feel like do it. that was suggested and he agreed. Okay. Mm-hmm. At 10, Brienne reaches Duskendale where she meets Podrick Payne. Aw. She later meets a dwarf who tells her that he heard of a man who tried to take some people across the narrow sea. Implying that it was Sansa. Right, right. I also forgot that she met Podrick in this book. I thought it was earlier. Me too, me too. That was the last book. (laughs) Wow. It feels like they've been together forever. Right? They belong together forever. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven. Um, At the Vale, Sansa narrates to Lord Nestor Royce the fabricated story of events that led to Lysa's death. Mm. Okay, which well, was a, a huge lie, right? Yeah, they, they're like claiming that the bard did it. Right. At the Ten Towers, Asha Greyjoy waits for her supporters to arrive. Her uncles try to dissuade from claiming the throne, but it falls on deaf ears. Good for her for trying. Yeah. Cardass. Uh, Thirteen. Tommen weds Marjorie. With Marjorie being the new queen, Cersei gets increasingly jealous and and obsessed with her, uh, what do you call it? The witch's prophecy, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pretty prominent in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, the new, the more beautiful, younger queen. She, she's like, that's definitely Marjorie. Gotta mm-hmm. kill her. Right. Little does she know. Mm. Fourteen. In Dorne, Ares meets his lover, Ariane. The daughter of Prince Doran, she convinces him to follow her plan of making Marcella queen. Right, right, right. I wonder 15... if this will... Oh. The whole Ariane plot, if it's going to end up going anywhere. Yeah. Because right wonder. now, I feel like the only important thing we got from that whole situation was learning that Doran is actually looking for revenge. Yeah, like he's actually, like he's not, you know, just letting them walk all over him. Yeah. I feel like out of out of all our chapters, like that was the most important thing that we did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like, Aris Oakheart dies, which I guess puts them in sort of a troubles, troubling situation. Yeah. We went through a lot to get to that one tiny tidbit of info. True, it is. Um, 15? Brienne takes Podrick into her service, and they travel to Maidenpool. She meets Randall Tarly and learns that Sansa is likely not at the Vale. She then... Whoa, that was... <laughs> not at the Vale? You missed out. Um, That's she, she meets learned? Nibble Dick? Apparently, Randall convinced her she's not at the Vale. Oh my god. Uh, she then meets Nimble Dick, who decides to take her to meet the people he tried smuggling. Right. Right. 16. As they head to the Citadel, Sam notices that Gilly is sad and realizes that John swapped her son for Matt's radar's son. Raider's son. Which is probably the craziest. That most- was most. <laughs> that was the worst. Most psychotic thing I ever heard. 
the most ethically, morally gray thing I think that Jon Snow has ever done. It's absolutely disgusting. I want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 17. Cersei reorganizes the small council and places people of her choosing. She learns that John is the new commander of the Night's Watch and begins plotting against him and Marjorie. I forgot she was plotting against John too. Oh, yeah. Like, what? What's John gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Declare war against the Lannisters with his army of oh, the Night's Watch? <laughs> She, <laughs> barely a hundred. She is just always putting so much focus in the wrong areas. Yeah, she's. Everyone must be obsessed with her as much as she's obsessed with her. Got <laughs> mm, eighteen. The king's moot assembles in the Iron Islands, and Euron is crowned king. They were like showing off their treasure chest full of shit, right? Yeah, and like I remember, ashes was. Just like a bunch of dried plants or something, like pine cones and mm -hmm. stones and shit like that. And it was some supposed to be some sort of metaphor. Um, but then yeah. did Euron have actual like gold? I don't remember what Euron had. I actually don't recall. I think he might have had an insane amount. And then promising the Dragon Queen on top of that. And all of Westeros. Not just the Iron Islands. All of Westeros. I wonder what is wrong with this guy. Like, if he <laughs> knows that Daenerys has three dragons, how does he think he's going to take her? He thinks he's going to seduce her because he's so charming, and I think he's also a bit of a sorcerer as well. He has the magics because he learned that in Aishai. Oh yeah, I forgot that part. Which is where uh, Melisandre learned her a lot of her magic too. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But like, it's not really uh, their way—the way the way of the Ironborn to like seduce women—is it? Like, they just take them. They right? take. But I feel like Euron is a little bit different from the other Ironborn. Okay. Like and. Like, his travels is considered a bit weird to them. Right. And some of them think of him as cursed. Because apparently his eye underneath the patch is evil. Like, there's something wrong with him. And they don't like that he learned magics. That's wrong for them. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like he has, like, somewhat of a respect for Danny As being a dragon queen. And I've taken, like, th this three s slave cities right. that he knows that he can't just go in there and snatch her. He's got to play another game of seduction. Guess we'll see how that works out. Very interested. <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> uh, number 20. In Dorne, Arianne's plans fail and Ares gets killed. Marcella gets wounded in the face. And oh, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, in the face. That poor girl. And uh, in the veil, Sansa uh, changes her identity to Elaine Stone. Dude, I forgot about Marcella's face. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh, 
their like healer or maester or whatever they have in Dorne was basically like, yeah, there's, we can't fix her face. She's gonna be ugly. Poor thing. Jeez. I wonder when Cersei will learn about that. Oh no, she's gonna go psycho. Yeah. But right now she has bigger fish to her eye. <laughs> she's a little preoccupied. Such a uh, 21. Cersei's paranoia increases as her governance degrades. <laughs> she tries to prevent her son from seeing Marjorie. And meanwhile, Sam arrives in Bravos, and one of his brothers, Tyrion, abandons his... Abandons his what? Vows. Yes. Yes, he does. And uh, he's gonna get fucking killed for it. <laughs> 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 Savagely. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie gets sent to the Riverlands by Cersei. She travels to Baylar's Sept and grants the New High Septon power to arm the Faith. Uh, she's so stupid. <gasps> Big boo boo. That was a mistake, bro. Yep. <clears throat> Her worst decision in this book. Is there anything scarier than organized religion? Honestly, <laughs> I can't think of billionaires. <laughs> Billionaires? <laughs> yeah, and Good their idea. dream world, which is enslaving all of us. Yeah, we will be their little, uh, sheep. Mmm. Working away. Non-stop for panties. Just here to make you more money. Mmm. <laughs> 23. Jamie travels to Castle Derry, where he meets his cousin Lancel. Oh, yeah. I just realized that sounds like Lancelot. Who admits to killing Robert and sleeping with Cersei. Oh my god. And that's King Robert for you. I forgot about that. Cersei later learns mm -hmm. that Euron is amassing a fleet and sends Loras to free some of the fleets at Dragonstone. She gets an emissary from the Iron Bank requesting payment for Westeros' debts. Which she does not take very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a lot that happened there. She's uh, she's being kept busy. I think this is where Jamie starts to hate Cersei. Oh, learning that she's uh, been cheating on him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty-four. Arya continues working as a servant in the House of Black and White. The kindly man and a waif teach her the religion of the Many-Faced God. The man tells her to work for a man named Briscoe, and while working, she meets Darion, who she kills. When the man learns of what Arya did, he orders the waif to give her warm milk, which blinds her. Oh, right, right. Blind. Blind, dude. Uh, 25. Maester Eamon dies. After leading the prayer for him, Sam sleeps with Gilly. Boo. Oh shit. 26. <laughs> uh, Cersei learns that Loras has successfully taken over Dragonstone and gets happy when she hears that he's almost on the brink of death. Her hatred for the young queen grows when she has a dream about how she is visited by a witch who predicted that she will be dethroned by a younger queen. Do you remember what happened to Loras? <clears throat> Deep fried? Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> Basically the worst possible fate that you could imagine. One of the worst injuries. 
Yeah. Ever. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, for anyone who like, doesn't understand what we're saying, he had the hot oil poured on, on it. Boiling oil. Yeah. And like, there's so much you can do with that. Like hot water, like boiling water. I think there's a little bit you can do with boiling oil. Like what? It. What? <laughs> what do you even do? Stop that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just wait for him to finish cooking. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess you just dunk him. They were. <laughs> I mean, I don't fucking know. Maybe you just kill him and his suffering. I mean, that is, like, that would probably be so, like, very humane. Yeah. Like, I cannot imagine. Being like having boiling oil just dumped all over you—that's yeah. fucked. Like even getting the little like bacon splash on you from the stove like hurts like a bitch. <laughs> That's just like, the when I was at Triple little... O's once, <laughs> right? When I worked at Triple O's and I uh, threw some French fries in the deep fryer—a little bit too rough. I had one single drop fly up and hit me in the face and it burnt through a couple of layers of my skin. Oh my god. Yeah. I hate that. Like, boiling oil is no joke. No joke. Yeah. Don't try that at home, kids. (laughs) Be careful, please. Yeah. 27. Brienne reaches the end of the crossroads, and a fight breaks out with some men. She gets injured and taken to see Thoros, who introduces her to Lady Stoneheart. Brienne is surprised to see that it's Catelyn. <gasps> Lady Stoneheart orders her to kill Jaime, and she refuses. So Lady Stoneheart then orders Thoros to hang Brienne. Which he does. Yeah. Like, the chapter ends with Brienne yelling something. That's it. As she's being strung happens. up, yeah, yeah, like like it implies that maybe they stop, but do they? We don't know. Also, poor Pod too. That poor boy. Isn't he supposed to be like ten That's or eleven? The baby. I don't know. I think. I think so. I think that sounds right. Maybe twelve at the absolute oldest, but that's a baby. Yeah. That's a child. Teeny weeny baby. <laughs> Twenty-eight. Jamie takes over River Run. In King's Landing, Cersei has Marjorie arrested on charges of fornication, and she travels to the set to meet the young queen, but gets arrested for fornication herself, <laughs> as the man she sent to frame Marjorie confessed to sleeping with Cersei and killing the High Septon at her orders. Well... Knowing she needs a fighter, she sends a letter to Jamie, who then fucking burns it. Yay! Oh! <laughs> uh, uh, so good. <laughs> 29. Ariane learns that her father is plotting against the Lannisters for his brother and sister's death. Hell yeah. Then 30. Sam reaches the Citadel where he meets Marwyn, who uh, he talks to about Daenerys as he's gotten news of her dragons. And he also learns about Dragonglass. Right. Those are the main points of the book. Okay. Alright. Yaha! 
<sighs> well, that is it for A Feast for Crows. In our yeah! Next... <laughs> and that took so long to read. <laughs> it actually did. Let's see when we started. Was Let's it see. like a year? Um, at least a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I will scroll back to the start of Feast for Crows. April 2022. Whoa. Good year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's not even the biggest book. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did take lots of breaks. Yeah, we did. What happened? <laughs> yep. It's been a crazy year and a half. Mm. If you want more of the podcast, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow the podcast at Tigbab Podcast or follow us individually. My handle is Crimby and Jess's is Jess.Egan24. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Tigbab Podcast or Tea is Good, Books Are Better and we will show up there. Also, please subscribe to our good friend Baram Barami on YouTube. He's the one who made our jingle, which you heard at the start of the episode, and he makes some really cool music. That's B-A-H-R-A-M. You can also find him on Spotify as Barambient. That's B-A-H-R-A-M-B-I-E-N-T. And please check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash better. We have a few different tea-themed tiers with fun rewards, including outtakes, BTS stuff, and mini-episodes in which we force our brother to watch Game of Thrones, which he absolutely hates. So it makes for some fun discussions slash arguments. <laughs> Finally, if you would be willing to share the podcast with your family and your friends, it would be a huge help to us to grow the podcast. Thank you so much. And in our next episode, we will be starting... That's disgusting. We will be starting <laughs> our brand new book. Will we be continuing A Song of Ice and Fire? Or will we be trying a something different before we head on to A Dance with Dragons? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But we'll let you know next week. <laughs> All right. Um... Also, real quick, shout out to our patrons. We have Tobias, Eric, Barham, and Jake. Thank you so much for being patrons. I also wanted to add real quick that on our Patreon, if you have taken a look there in the past week, you may have noticed that our two lower level tiers are gone. So that was the white tier and the green tier. And the only tier remaining right now is the oolong tier, which is mm. the $5 tier that includes all of the mini episodes. We just felt like that was the tier that was providing the most value. And we're pretty consistent with our mini episodes uploads on there, whereas the rewards for the white and the green tier were pretty inconsistent so i just felt like it was more fair to offer the just the one that we're the most consistent on sure so yeah that is for you listeners if you're interested in checking out our patreon it's patreon.com slash tea is good books are better 
um, check out our Oolong tier. You get access to all of our mini episodes, bonus episodes, bonus content. You'll love our bonus or our mini episodes because we force our brother Eric to watch Game of Thrones. It's very entertaining. He's becoming tolerant of it. <laughs> uh, he goes back and forth. I feel like sometimes he's like, yeah, it's fine. And other times he's like, I've never hated a show more. <laughs> Those it's fine uh, episodes are like the, the best ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but on average, he he, just, he doesn't care for the show. Yeah. All right. Um. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye bye. Bye.